1: talking about our Los Angeles Rams. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans. Episode 312 here, and we have another crossover treat for you. Coming up in a minute, Tom is joined by Josh from the Ka podcast to talk Rams-Ravens football. Before we get to that, a couple of notes. The Rams have signed veteran kicker Mason Crosby to their practice squad. They expect to add him to the active roster in the near future. Could that near future be as soon as Sunday morning? I suspect so. 16 years kicking for the Packers. He's 39 years old. Stellar kicker during his career. Does he still have it? Hey, maybe they keep him and Lucas on the roster, or maybe this is the end of the road for Lucas. We'll have to see. And worth mentioning, weather could be a factor Sunday. Going to have a high of 63 degrees in Baltimore, but it'll be very windy. Cloudy and mild with rain and a thunderstorm. The thunderstorms later in the day. Strong winds that can cause damage. Gusts up to 45 miles per hour. Now, I'm not sure who that favors, but it could be a fun and wet game. And, you know, they had those delays in Pittsburgh last week. Could see more of that. This week. And it is episode 312. So at the end, after the crossover, we're going to talk about a Ram who wore number 12. If you choose to stick around for that, on to the crossover with Tom and Josh.
3: Welcome to another edition of the Rams Up podcast. I'm your host, Tom Kortz at Ramsbeat on Twitter. And today we have a special crossover episode co hosted by Josh from the Ka podcast, uh, which covers the Ravens. A is uh Twitter is a J underscore M U R R a J Murr on Twitter. How you doing, Josh?
4: Doing great, Tom. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to discussing this matchup.
3: Yeah. Exciting matchup. I mean, you guys uh coming off a buy. Is that right? That's right. Coming off fresh off a buy huge win against the
4: other LA team. Uh So yeah, we're fresh and ready to go. Obviously you took care of, uh, helped us out and took care of the Browns for us out there. So far. So, uh, you're double dipping back to back to the AFC North, but uh, you get us at the bank on Sunday. Got to come. Yeah,
3: close we'll dive into the matchup here in a in a in a couple of minutes. But yeah. just to just for uh, our audience, uh, the Rams fans, give us a little bit of a background on on your season so far. Maybe some of the expectations coming into the season. Um, you know, obviously the Lamar contract, and then uh, some of these games, maybe that you know people are kind of scratching their head over how you found a way to lose. I mean, this is a team that, you know, could almost be maybe one loss or even almost undefeated. So just give us a little bit of a background on, again, the expectations coming in and how things have played out.
4: Yeah, Tom. So the expectations were really lofty, as you alluded to the uh, BLC word, the contract. So that was the biggest story in Baltimore in the off season. Um, if, If this talk shows are buzzing, right? What do you do? What you don't do you know, we're over Lamar and everybody and anybody had an opinion about it. And uh, when push came to shove right before night, one of the draft first round, right. Breaking news. Uh, the Ravens come to terms with that all important contract with Lamar. He secured the bag and he has a Raven for the next five years. And uh, you know, we got out that out of the way, right? Big, big check uh, off that list. And what comes with that is what do you do next? So there was the off season and what you do. And, And as we know, former Ram himself, who won a Super Bowl with you guys. uh, They courted uh, the one and only Odell Beckham Jr. He had some interest in other teams, and the Ravens swooped in and offered him a deal. And he has a Baltimore Raven this year. So that was exciting. So you had the contract and then Lily follow up um, you know, with the well, yeah, well, you had the Odell Beckham news happen before. I think it happened Easter Sunday. So that happened first, and then you followed up the contract, I should say, timeline-wise. So it was a great month there for the Ravens to to get some good offensive uh security there and some buzz. You know, you had Lamar, you got Odell, and then from there it was game one. You knew that the expectations were high. You know, Lamar's health, Lamar's, you know, inability in the playoffs, everything was under scrutiny, and it was like now it's go time. You got the bag. No distractions. Let's go out and win it. And um, you know, you had to feel the Bengals, right? Were the the, the well heavy favorites, two time defending champ, represented in the AFC title game the last two years, Super Bowl representative against your team, right? So um, it was hard to go against the green and the chalk there. So yeah, the Ravens had the work cut out for them and uh, navigating through this season. Um, yeah, it's been a, it's been crazy and a head scratcher for sure because the Ravens have held the lead into the fourth quarter in all the games they played this year. So when you look at it that perspective, you're like, well, without even looking, you would think the football team probably is undefeated or maybe has one loss. And no, um, can't get out of their own way. And the Ravens themselves beat – I feel like they just beat themselves, Tom. And they boast a 9-3 record. They let three wins slip away in the last few moments. And it's been the – another big story here in in, in Charm City is – why? You know, what's alluding to this? Is it offense? Is it defense? Is it coaching? Is it collaborative? And, and even the latest loss, I point to the defensive collapse. I mean, you know, the, the offense scores 30 points for you, and you, you let some big plays happen, and, and I just felt like the defense let them down a little bit and didn't put the stops out there. And, you know, the the, the Indy Colts game, right, that was more injury-related, uh, right? The Ravens didn't have their two running backs. Heck, they had to go in the street and get – uh Ken and drake um you know so um who fumbled in that game they didn't have Beckham. they didn't have bateman and then the pittsburgh game was just one of those weird just games like they had the lead didn't do things right lamar threw the, the horrible pick in the end zone and then pickens beat humphrey so you look at the losses there's some things that happened there but look it isn't like the ravens got drummed. like they did that to other teams the lions the seahawks right, right. Um, Seahawks obviously in your division you know they they came out and were like all right like I would be more concerned if they had losses like that and there was times when I do hang my head in shame coming out of the stadium sometimes I'm like there's times where I'd rather get beat 30 to 7 it means you're like okay <laughs> it was a bad day at the office but when they lose games like that and we always cause fans to walk a shame when they lose like that because it's just like you, you just walk out and you're just like what just happened but again fan player doesn't matter you have to move on right? And um, there's other games to be played. We understand that the Ravens weren't going to go undefeated this year. Right. I mean, the Patriots didn't even pull that off. And, uh, but when you lose like that, it is concerning, um, you know, for anybody. Right. And they're huge AFC losses. That's why the Dolphins have the tiebreaker right now. But look, the dust settled after 12 games in a bye week, they're nine and three. Um, again, tied for the best record in AFC with the Dolphins who they still have to play on New Year's Eve, huge game. Um, you know, they're, they're one game off of the best record overall in football, which is the Eagles at 10 and two. So you, you look at a body of work. I'm pretty sure with the Ram situation, if you wanted to trade records, I'm sure in a heartbeat, Tom, you would nod your head and then green and say, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, records aside, you know, it, it's been as far as a successful year, especially how it started, right. You know, losing JK Dobbins again. Um, later this year, losing a Mark Andrews, so you're out to your hottest playmakers and high profile playmakers there. Knock on wood, Lamar staying healthy because there has been a rash of quarterback injuries this year in the NFL as we know it. Um, it's been crazy. So, um, but that that speaks to success right now. Lamar's under center; he's got everybody. Help. And and me and my co-host talk about it right now is the health of his team is the key to success right now because there's been times Tom where. This team has not been healthy this late. And for the team to be this healthy and have their playmakers, albeit some of the players are out, like a JK and like a, a Mark Andrews, um, you obviously can't bring those guys back. But th- the relatively health of the team is 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 something to note and in heading into this year. And it does help to have a defense that travels, right? Because uh defense is humming and, and that and that alludes to the success as well.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, there were a few uh, hiccups there, but I don't know. I'd rather have the hiccup knowing that, hey, we really have a good squad. Those are correctable versus, boy, we got some really retooling to do. Who are we going to bench? Who are we going to bring up? Do we have to go get somebody else? I mean, you have everything sitting there. It's just a few, uh, maybe some bad luck, maybe giving up a few too many explosives, I think, um, for sure, it seems like, uh, in watching some of those games. And then, uh, you know, picks are going to happen here and there but uh yeah nine and three we would definitely take it for sure i mean the rams didn't even think we were going to be six and six at this point i mean a lot of people were sort of saying you know six to eight wins um you know on the season a few people were as high as nine but you know nobody you know very few people were talking playoffs um that you know certainly the team wasn't the team came in the front office and, and coaching staff and even the players were hey we got a retool it's you know coming off that Super Bowl and then a terrible season last year very disappointing um, it was kind of in rebuild mode I mean in the offense returned mostly intact Stafford Cup and crew uh, on defense it was a total tear down on you know short of Aaron Donald and Ernest Jones our, our middle linebacker it was pretty much a full rebuild I and mean, we you know send off say say goodbye to Bobby Wagner. Jalen Ramsey, Leonard Floyd, the entire starting secondary and the entire D line except for Aaron Donald. So actually because of injuries, so many injuries on the offensive side of the ball, it turned out of the starters this year, only two of them on defense and two of them on offense played over 50% of the snaps for the Rams last year. Oh no. That's wow. it's a crazy stat, right? Now for different yeah. reasons. Offense, a lot of guys are back because it was injuries they didn't play. But on defense for the most part, it was guys that um just didn't, you know, were first or second year guys this year that um are are you know th- sort of thrust into the into the mix. So the the idea was hey take our 75 million dollars in dead cap, play the young guys, lots of them, especially on defense. Let's see who can play and who can't play. Fill in some of the gaps when we get our cap room back next year, and uh, you know maybe an edge, maybe a corner, something like that. with some high-profile free agents or some trades, and let's run it back for what is probably going to be in 2024. Stafford and or uh, Stafford and Donalds last year, um, at least in my opinion, they're both contractually potentially, you know, going to hang it up, and uh, both have kind of alluded to it. So that's kind of the Rams, and then you know coming, so we come in with all these young guys. Have stayed in the game with some pretty good teams, the 49ers, Bengals, Eagles, Steelers. Um, had a few bad, bad outings, Green Bay and Dallas. Um, but swept uh swept Seattle. And here we are, you know, and then a nice win last week, um, albeit they had their backup quarterback. But um, but former uh, you former know, Raven, too. He's former Raven, Raven Yes. Yeah, Stafford. We'll get and, uh, Look,
4: It was cool to see Joe definitely is rooting for you guys. For Stafford and training. Flacco. I mean,
3: yeah. these two guys, they might, they might be the same age. Stafford's <laughs> had a little longer career. Um, but anyway, yeah, swept Seattle. So here we are at six and six and in a pretty weak bottom end of the ANFC are, you know, looking at, you know, kind of a 50% chance of making the playoffs. So we'll see how it, see how it all goes. So, and the reason for that, it's not like we're going to make some big playoff run. Like you guys are hoping to the real, the real idea is, Hey, we're, had a bunch of young guys really out, you know, outperform um, expectations, guys like Puka Nakua, fifth round pick. And, you know, a guy, you know, uh, Steve Avila on the offensive line and, you know, other guys on the uh, Kobe Turner and on the defensive line and, you know, other guys. So there's a bunch of them. And so a bunch of second guy, year guys really emerging that hadn't had a lot of play time with that, with that, uh, you know, Ramses and Floyd's and so forth. And Wagner's in the lineup last year. So, Um, yeah, that's where we're at. And, uh, you know, but just kind of heading into this matchup, I mean, I, you can, I need you to clarify this stat for us because it's a pretty, I've read it in different ways in different places. So what is the stat on the Ravens hosting, uh, (laughs) NFC teams, um, at, at, uh, in Baltimore?
4: Well, the record's gotta be pretty good right now you throw a wrench in there the test my trivia knowledge. I have to go back and find the record in Baltimore, but I can yeah. tell you this, with Lamar under center, he's 18 and one against NFC teams.
3: Okay. So to forget uh, got, so 18 and one, 18 and one doesn't matter where he plays.
4: Right. Exactly. And oh as we never, if you recall, of course, you know, obviously you don't want to recall, but you know, 2019 worked out pretty good. Remember the LA Coliseum where I think they played, was it the LA Coliseum before the SoFi was built? where did they play? Yeah. I yeah. And uh, it was the Monday night game where Lamar and company just went gangbusters and did what they yeah. want. So, um, you know, the, the Ravens, they've had some success against the Rams, but then I remember a couple years ago, right, and uh, they didn't have Lamar in the center. They had Tyler Huntley. And the Ravens were scratching and calling at right. the end of the year. And uh, I remember, I think it was your Super Bowl year, 21. And yeah. uh, the Rams came here late in December and, uh, you know, came away with the victory. And the Ravens nearly almost won that game, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so, they did. Yeah, so the, – the, there's been some good matchups, you know, even dating back in, in the heydays. Man, I remember watching a Sunday night football game with Ray Lewis and Kurt Warner. And, you know, I know it wasn't then the LA Rams, but the St. Louis, but the Rams, hey, it's still the same, right? And, you know, it, they've been involved in some tussles back then. But again, NFC, AFC, um, very few and far in between. But, um, yeah, it, it means something, right, for both teams. You know, like you said, it, records out there. If even just alluding to just this past week in the NFL. I don't even care about records at this point. It's matchups. Look what the two win Cardinals took care of business against the Steelers Packers. Who would have thought the Packers have back-to-back wins against the lions and the chiefs of all teams like that come out. And like there's teams out there merging saying, as I, I was speaking to my co-host breaking this down on our end of the bid is I don't care what the records say, Tom, the Rams, they're a former opponent and they have some firepower and you can't take any team lately at, at any point in time. And, uh, Don't care if the records are, if you're making the playoffs or not. I feel like any NFL team wants the win. You want to win. You want to stay hungry. And uh, I'm a little concerned. And you brought up fifth round because what is it with fifth rounders? You have Puka Nakua. Now you got Kyron Williams coming out of nowhere. Uh, You found some good ones there for the Rams on playmakers. I'm impressed with Kyron Williams. Obviously, I'm a fantasy guy. I have him on my teams. I drafted him on one of my teams. Uh, Don't have any shares of Nakua, but both of these players have been impressive this year.
3: Yeah, it's it's really – I mean, especially – uh well, they both were big surprises, but even last year, um, Kyron got hurt in his rookie year. Uh on the first play of the first game and returning the kickoff, he hurt his foot, and that was that. Mm. So um uh, he came back later in the year, but you know, really wasn't a factor. And uh uh, but yeah, just really good in pass pro. And um, and now that he and Stafford have kind of gotten some snaps together and stuff, they're on the same page. It's they're kind of cooking in both the pass game. Um, he's doing a great job, like I say, in pass pro and and he's running the ball really well, too. And then, you know, Puka Nakua, I mean, everybody's talks about him as another Cooper Cup, a possession receiver, et cetera. Last week, he broke off a, uh, just a slant over the a, kind of a, a middle post and took it to the house. And he ran the uh, he was the third player of the year to run over 20 miles an hour, along with, you know, like uh, Tyreek and. Or somebody else, maybe A chain or, or another receiver, I guess Hain's A chain. So they're running back, but um, there was one other receiver to do anyway. Bottom line is, where did the speed come from out of nowhere? So now we got this tough, you know, hit him hard possession guy. And uh-huh. next thing you know, he can break off, you know, 20 MPH. And so, anyway, yeah, it just keeps getting better. So, um, yeah, I think uh, he's right up there with uh, certainly offensive player, uh, rookie of the year. I don't know if he'll get overall rookie of the year with some of these guys right uh-huh. and he
4: should he he should be in consideration um and you have to feel good right you felt horrible beginning of the year with cooper cups news and you know yeah. him not getting off good and the injury and you're like here we go and then all of a sudden the emergence of puka nakula you're almost like cup who right you almost he's an afterthought for a little bit right oh, like,
3: we wish that they Miller, could get right? off in this yeah we wish they could get off in the same game that's a uh yeah well let's hope you know
4: let's hope it's a week after. Yeah, yeah but so that, was, we, but
3: that's yeah, what I'm of, about. Uh, yeah, if you hear some barking in the background, that's my dog Cooper pup. So uh, speaking of Cooper pup, so that's everyone, everyone. Yeah, he just he loves he loves he the podcast. My,
4: my dog usually says something on the podcast too. He's out there resting and sleeping. Uh, what what kind of dog do you have, Tom?
3: A little Shih So he actually okay. has a beard that looks like Cooper. So it's uh,
4: that's awesome.
3: It's, uh, yeah, it's good. Hey, so yeah, yeah. so t- talking about this matchup, I mean. Uh, I think the, your defense, like you said, it travels. Um, that's what uh, you know has always been the cornerstone, seemingly, of the Ravens, right? It's this defensive-minded team, this defensive culture, and um, you know, no, no different this year. But uh, aside from, and I think in some of those games, gave up some unexpected explosives. Um, it seemed like. But uh, what do you? First of all, give me some, in, you know, any of the injury concerns. Um, What do you expect from them coming off the bye on the defensive side of the ball?
4: Well, yeah, I mean, injury concerns to me are little to none because of the state of the team and, you know, getting Marlon Humphrey back, who obviously has been on the shelf for a couple weeks. The bye week helps. um, You know, outside of, you know, the who's who on defense, the the injuries are more on the offensive side of the football. And I'm not concerned as far as an injury standpoint on the defense, I'm concerned with what you alluded to that would happen against the Browns right in the matchup. Puka took a slant route to the house, and what's been relatively good this year is the Ravens' ability to not let the big play bite them and hurt them. So I expect the Ravens to really key on that and hopefully contain Puka or it's Cooper Cup. But um, the big play ability scares me, man, and uh, I'm always concerned with that big play to flip the table, you know, flip the script, flip the field, um, turn the tide of the game, and uh, just when you like, if it's third and long and you come after them, and, and if if Stafford can get that ball off, and he, let's say that slam route happens and it's Nakua, that, that's the play going to break it for us. So I, I really I, – I'm more confident with the Ravens, right, in the defense, and you relatively so, but there's always that if factor. And then with those three losses with the collapse, um, you're always concerned with, like, are you going to let the big play happen? Are you going to not get the pressure? And they've been really good at forcing turnovers. They had four against the Chargers a uh, couple Sundays ago, right? And, um, you know, pr- pressure on the quarterback. If they're not the league leader in sacks, they're right up there at the top two. So um, they've always been there, stepping away. The so that has to be, it's a bread and butter for the Ravens. You know, wreck havoc, get, in the, get there, disrupt the plays, um, you know, put pressure on the quarterback to force a throw, make a play, do something that's out of the game plan. So, and I think that bodes in the Ravens' favor. And uh, they got playmakers off the streets that are performing. How about, you know, Oi? He was, you know, on the pet back, right, right. just chilling, doing his thing like this. And then all of a sudden tap on the shoulder. Hey, we need you. Uh, G.J. clown Clowney proved me wrong at the beginning of the year. I was kind of like, nah, it's past rushing days behind him. He's in for run stopping. And the dude's proving me wrong every single game. I'm like, the dude's turned back the clock like is the, the first round pick like he was. And uh, it's been certainly interesting to you see the defensive unit come together with Roquan's direction and um, he's leading the charge and it's like Ray Lewis reincarnated man um, agent zeros. We call him with his number. Um, this defense is humming and uh, it, it certainly boots of the success.
3: Uh, we're the offensive line has been a big question mark, and they've done a really good job protecting Stafford. You know, for most of the year, um, and uh, that's the key though for the Rams, right? If if Stafford can get protection, it's not like he has to stand back there forever, and like some of these guys do. But if he can just if they can hold off that tough Ravens front from getting there and disrupting things. Then the Rams do have a chance, and um, you know they're he, they're going a lot more from under center than they ever have. McVeigh uh, got in the last couple of years, and you know fell in love with the uh, you know with the all with the eleven personnel, um, a lot of empty sets, a lot of stuff from the shotgun, and just in the last few weeks, he's really gone back under center a lot of a lot more running plays, very a lot more of a gap scheme this year than the outside zone. You know that Shanahan. Uh, mid, middle, middle and outside zone scheme that they were, that they were all doing for a while. And, um, you know, which, which Kyron Williams prefers. And that's really, that's really where all those yards are coming from. And then now that frees up the play action, right? The play action is working again. And uh, so that's really what the Rams are, are relying on. So that's what you guys can look forward to seeing, uh, you know, come, come, uh, come Sunday. So um, yeah, just in terms of the uh, going back to, now, you know, we'll look at the, Ravens offense and the Rams defense. So on offense, you said there were some injuries. I mean, we, we know Andrews Dobbins went down early. Um, What is the situation with Andrews? Is he done for the year?
4: Well, supposedly that was the report that came out, you know, with the injury. Um, It's certainly he's gone for the year, right? No more regular season games, but there came some most recent news that was encouraging that they said, they they put them, they definitely ultimately put him on IR, but there could be a possibility where if the Ravens were to make a deep playoff run, and when I mean deep playoff run, we're talking AFC title game and or Super Bowl. Um, there could be a possibility to see Mark Andrews back on the field. So it's not one of those season injuries that's going to linger and he's going to be back, you know, next fall. You know, we thought that was the case right now. There could be a possibility of bringing him back. Now, JK, it's not the case. Um, I kind of. I'm curious why, because as we know, he had Achilles injury in week one. So did Aaron Rodgers. They apparently were both rehabbing together, as we know. And there's proof of that on the Pat McAfee show. And Rodgers is back thrown on the field for a 20-day window open for him. And you're like, "Where's JK in all this? Like, when he where's the secrets? Let's share them. Like, come on, A Rod. Like, so yeah. But unfortunately, no secrets shared. No 21-day window for JK Dobbins is out for the year. Unfortunately. Um, feel for the young man. It's a second injury in three seasons. Um, But um, again, you know, you kind of remember the player, but you got to be quick. Forget next man up. You can't, you got to move on, right? Games to be played season to be had. So um, in steps, Gus Edwards, um, you know, Keaton Mitchell, Andrea, the rookie came out of nowhere. As you know, we have Ravens ties with his father here. Anthony Mitchell won a Super Bowl here and was instrumental with that 2000 on that defense and special teams regards. So, um, and, and the Ravens have Justice Hill, and you know the one. Lamar Jackson has ability to run with his athletic ability. Again, first quarter or the, not first, the fastest quarterback for five thousand yards rushing in eighty-two games. I um, mean, he's, he's averaging sixty a game, which is insane for a quarterback, right? He's got that one-two punch and that threat. So, um, Ravens rushing attacks top one of the top units in the league. I mean, they rushed for a book ninety-seven two weeks ago. Um, they can hurt you there, and and keep Mitchell they're providing fresh bodies and you're seeing they're following that mantra of the committee. You're not getting that bell cow to carry the you know 25 to 33 carries the whole game. Gus gets his touches. Keith Mitchell gets his touches. Justice Hill gets his touches and everybody has a pack as he gets involved. So it keeps everything in perspective. And with the Ravens ability with Lamar and the RPO and all that. And with now you saw deployed on last week with the jet sweep with uh, Zay Flowers. Zay's quick and, and elusive. So, Ravens. You can hear Tom talking about it. I would hate the scheme against this offense. And uh, it's like, who's, who's going to touch it? Where are they going to come from? Are they going to run it here? Is he going to pull it back and throw it? it? There's only so many guys to cover. So um, it's going to be interesting, but the rushing attack leads the way for the Ravens. Cause we know, certainly know um, it isn't through the air. It, it, the ground and pound game is working.
3: Yeah. Talk about the receivers yeah. though. I mean, this is something that you guys haven't able to highlight a lot in the last several years. And um, so with, uh, like you had mentioned, OBJ um, and uh, who are the other, you know, kind of favorite targets now? And it looks, it looks like there's a few of them.
4: Yeah. Uh, the one rookie Zay Flowers has emerged really quickly as Lamar's go-to target. Um, even with Mark Andrews deployed there, um, it's certainly been an installation from the beginning. Zay Flowers, no secret. Um, he, I think he has a certainly franchise record in receptions by a rookie. It's no, it's not by mistake. It's by design. Uh, Lamar has built a good rapport with him. Um, even bringing in uh, OBJ um, has certainly proved well. Um, we know he's not the player he once was. Um, we know he's not the player that caught the, the, the infamous catch, uh, you know, against the Cowboys in Sunday football, uh, but he's there to provide veteran leadership and it's probably the same way when the Rams, right. Um, you know, even uh, two seasons ago, it, I I certainly am on the side with if he had kept bowling out the whole game, he was probably going to be in a, a Super Bowl MVP. Um, you know, and yeah, it it yeah, for sure, he was, yeah, he was he was going crazy in that game and uh scored his last touchdown. And then I'm fortunate to see you no know, here in, in, in MT his first touchdown, not only as a Raven, but his first touchdown since that Super Bowl catch. So it it just meant it was a lot. It meant special to him. You know, he's hungry. It's great to see that resurgence, and uh, Rams fans know what that's like to see a player like that perform, uh, and, and perform, and provide a services. So that certainly is a boost in the passing game, and getting a Lamar, a, a high caliber star player. Albeit, it's not a young receiver in his prime. It's not a, uh, it's not a Justin Jefferson. It's not a Devonta Adams. But still, it, it's it's Odell Beckham Jr. and he's proved well. You have Rashad Bateman out there as well. He was the. Uh, he was a first-round draft pick for the Ravens, who was the number one. He's been often injured, hasn't completed a full season this year for the Ravens, so that's been an issue for him staying healthy and on the field, uh, but caught a touchdown this year, got in on the mix. He's he's a possession receiver, chain mover. Um, I'm a firm believer in, in his services, So uh, and I, I love the receiving card the Ravens have. Under Lamar, it's the best he's had on paper and talent-wise, so we're excited for that, but... Um, you moving to the tight end position, obviously not having a Mark Andrews is huge. You can't replace a player like that. It's one of one, but Steps up a uh Isaiah Likely, who's in his second year, and Charlie Kohler, providing the services there in the tight end position. And uh and the, and the Ravens do have one of the very few fullbacks, I feel like, in the NFL and Pat Ricard. So um he can do it all. You know, he's out there catching passes against the Lions and uh he's out there blocking, he's out there doing his thing. So uh, no. Project Pat, Pancake Pat, as we call him here, uh, Pat Ricard is beloved here in Baltimore for his services and, and certainly a special player on the offense. And as we know, eight orchestrates it all, and at first for him, um, winning over seventy percent of his games. He's a winner here in Baltimore, and uh, he's paid. He's paid like one. There's times where obviously he's got to get in gear, right? Uh, there's times where the offense, in in general, under Todd Monken, we're left wanting more. You know, we're scratching our heads like, "Where's the scheme? Stop doing this. Go more here." go with what's working, but you now when you want to play armchair head coach, it's very easy. You want know, to get on the sidelines. It's difficult, but um, you know, the success of the Ravens flows through eight and what is his ability to do and lead the offense. And, uh, and, and with the Rams, it's very simple. You rattle him and get, get in his face and get pressure and put him off his game it's, it's game over, man. Um, and it's going to spell trouble for the Ravens offense. So you got to get after him. If, if Lamar's a clean pocket, I saw a meme. that said something, it was Lamar standing there. It was a clean pocket. I think it was the lions game. And it said, if you see Lamar Jackson standing like this, you're done, you're cooked. Like you clean pocket Lamar's best. In the bid. So, uh, yeah, you got to get after him
3: Well, on the defensive side, the Rams have done a much better job I and mean, the, the pass rush has been okay. I mean, It's been great through the middle. Um, Aaron Donald obviously always draws a lot of attention. Um, You know, double, triple teamed, and uh, this year he's been triple teamed a lot because the they're not giving a lot of paying a lot. You know, the the they're not scheming and saying, oh, you know, Kobe Turner, this rookie isn't going to hurt us. Although he's played fantastic, um, quite frankly, and uh, you know, Bobby Brown has been around for a few years and just starting to come into his own. Um, taking that Ashawn Robinson, you know, uh, nose guard position. And, but the edges have been a little rough because Michael Hoyt is a former UDFA who was uh, converted from a, a interior lineman to the, to the edge. And he's really, and they really stuck with him and God bless the Rams for just committing to development this year. And, um, and they really built him into a solid edge. He was, he, he wanted to get to the quarterback but he and so all the, the tackles would have to do is just play him to the inside and he would give up the edge every time, you know, mm-hmm. and and they finally just said, hey, you know, they coached him out of it. And so now he's getting pressure and containing edge, which, you know, that's a, it's a tough thing to do for these edges. But Byron Young, a, a rookie on the other side, third round draft pick, just doing the same thing. He's finally starting to contain the edge and keeping some of these mobile quarterbacks from getting outside, which was really the bugaboo for the Rams early on in the season and those guys would get outside and then, and then tear us up. But, um, you know, uh, on the, in the back end, um, Weatherspoon, one of our only real free agent signings in the off season, uh, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, bounced around with the Steelers. You might remember him from it. Um, and, uh, for the Niners, um, he's playing lights out, uh, thankfully, um, you know, Darion Kendrick's been up and down, uh, uh, a second year guy and then Kobe Duran another second year guy he's playing really well but been a little banged up um, so those guys are kind of holding down the corners and then and then Jordan fuller was our safety uh he was our, our green dot our Super Bowl year but he got hurt coming into the uh um, into the Super Bowl he got hurt in the last game of the year and and he really didn't get uh you know he did, or the in the NFC championship game and um, he and then he got banged up last year so he's back uh, Back this year, fourth year guy really leading the charge back there with a couple of second year guys, Russ East and Quentin Lake. So you can tell there's a lot of youth, a lot of new guy, you know, just uh, a lot of new guys and a lot of them are playing lights out. And, you know, there's a middle, it's a middle of the tier, middle of the road uh, rated defense in terms of yards and pressures and, you know, kind of everything and, that's you know we're 6 and 6 it's kind of the same on the offensive side of the ball so everything's kind of lined up there we haven't been only been blown out a couple of times by some uh you know the the time when Stafford was was uh injured in that packers game which was unfortunate um but uh but then you know the the Dallas game but the you know so defensively i'm not sure if we i think we're going to do a better job containing um the edge uh, with Jackson. I'm sure that's going to be not only our, but probably every team's goal, right. Is just don't let him go, Don't let him get out of there. Um, probably have played a spy a little bit. Um, brought back an old a guy from that seat from that Super Bowl year, Troy reader has been playing yeah. some spy. And, uh, and so I think they'll try that a little bit and um, you know, we'll see what happens, but uh, yeah, defense, I think, I don't think the Rams are hoping to, uh what's the old saying we can't stop him we just don't want to contain him or whatever that's
4: yeah i know what you mean Uh, (laughs) exactly i mean that's any team's hope you know you want or you can even call it limit what he's able to do right exactly out completely and put a lid on it i mean if you do that that's impressive in itself um now while we're talking about him i do want to ask because uh you know, anytime I converse football with outside, uh, we even outside fans or collaborate with other, um, you know, podcasts in general, or just speak about it. Right. I'm curious outside of Baltimore area and outside of Ravens fans, what the thoughts are. So I do want to ask you, Tom, speaking of Lamar, um, what are your thoughts on Lamar Jackson?
3: Yeah, it's interesting. You asked that. I mean, I did a a pretty extensive, um, uh, Space, uh, spaces on Twitter about Lamar Jackson a couple years ago. Um, I'll have to pull that up and send it to you cause it's recorded. Um, okay. but, um, yeah, there was a, uh, gosh, I wish I could remember his name off the top of my head I don't have time to look it up, but, um, there was a, a, a investigative journalist did, a um, a, a big kind of breakdown of him. And this is, we're talking, you know, two years ago, um, for his career and where he ranked in all these different categories. And, um, uh, It's impressive. I mean, when you really look at the facts and what he's done, uh, you know, I I think he's, I mean, just look at his weapons that he's had on the offensive side. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, Bateman, I like Bateman. I think he's, you know, like you said, he's been hurt. Um, uh, DuBernay, uh, I mean, just these guys that he's had just aren't like, you know, elite talent, right? You know, maybe. You could argue two maybe a three maybe you know some of this stuff on other teams and then the offensive coordinator situation not to mention the fact that you had that going on for for several years which was you know very very uh you know sort of run oriented and i don't know i i i love lamar i think i also think the the contract got in the way i really see a completely different guy um in his energy level his commitment and everything else i'm not saying he You know, but I feel like he was a little conservative the last couple of years. It's like, you know, and to be fair, a guy like that goes down. And what are you going to do? You know, I mean, you just lost a couple hundred million, a hundred million dollars or something. So um, I think that everything's come together. I think he's playing fantastic. Like I say, he could be undefeated. And I do think mostly he was on the defense. He did throw the pick and so forth. But yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson, I think, is a star in this league. He's not mentioned enough. People recognize his talent. But, uh, you know, because he's so unconventional um, and he, he has outs that other guys don't have. He doesn't he can he can take off if he needs to. Um, and there are other guys that can do it, but he can take off like no other. And he doesn't have to thread the needle with some of these balls because he can he sees 15 yards ahead of him and he can just go go take it where other guys are like, I have to try and thread this needle. Look at Stafford. He's not taking off for 15 yards. He has to thread the needle. And so, uh, you know, guys get it done in different ways, is my point. And, uh, but I'm a big fan of Lamar Jackson. I think he's a top three quarterback in the league. And uh, I don't think he – you know, I, he get every all of these guys, Josh Allen takes a lot of hits publicly. I mean, even Burrow for his injuries. And, you know, the only guy that – you know, Mahomes is the only guy that doesn't take any hits to reputation, um, you know, and rightly so. But everybody else gets banged up a little bit, and in the in the conversation, and you know it's good, but um, you know not to put. I think anybody who doesn't put Lamar in the top five is you know absolutely uh, brain dead.
4: <laughs> brain dead. Leave it at that. Wow, Well, it's great. Lamarcing Lamar. <laughs> it's uh. yeah, it's always interesting. Anytime I get a chance to ask him, I'm like, yeah, I got to ask. I'm like, it's it's that burning question. Um, again, because you get a mixed bag here in, in Baltimore and it, it'd be quite interesting because if you ask the other way, like how do Ravens fan feel? And it's, it's pretty, it's, I, I, we would have to do another show just on that. It, it's pretty extensive and intensive and, uh, it's a subject matter for sure. It's polarizing. He's polarizing and, uh, but he's one of one. It's a special talent. Nothing like him. He's a winner. The Ravens have won over 70% of games. Now we need it to translate to the playoffs. Uh but. Hey, get us there at least. And the Ravens are consistent premier winners. And as a fan of this team and somebody who uh covers it lovingly on the side, um, you can't ask for that enough. Just put yourself in position. And they're constantly mentioned as one of the first class organizations. They're up there in the playoff conversation a lot. Super Bowl contenders is always there. They're there.
3: Drafting, so, drafting. Yeah,
4: I, I can't people. I've always tried to preach yeah. that. Like because it, it, it goes pretty quick. And I, I know what you guys did two years ago and it worked, right? You, you sold the farm to get the trophy and it worked. Um uh, you went after it aggressively and then um you know the aftermath is here, right? So you have to deal with it. So uh yeah the window was closed capital yeah, for the last two years and but hey you had a Super Bowl parade two years ago, right? So uh, pretty awesome. Some yeah I mean you got it. Yeah, we, we did have
3: our fair share of injuries, but injuries Great have plagued thing. I know your organization, certainly the 49ers, you know, in last last year. Um and uh there was a lot more to it than injuries last year don't get me wrong but um but you know sort of just the submarine the season early on and you guys have gone through that a couple of times i think um and so yeah i mean you got to stay healthy uh you know i do feel like that i i you know i'm on the side of i don't feel like uh what was the who was the oc that you guys stuck with forever i forgot his name already
4: was it Greg Roman?
3: Yeah. Greg Roman. Yeah. I, I
4: didn't want to say his name. I was like, yeah, you I know. Yeah, yeah. 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 You don't want to
3: say his name and jinx Ugh. anything. Yeah. Don't bring back that mojo, but I mean, I just feel like, gosh, just wasting so much talent. In, and then just the, I, I don't, I didn't believe in the, like I said, the, the weapons core. Um, I mean, when Mark Andrews is your, you know, God bless him, you know, top two, three tight end in the league, whatever you want to put him at. Uh, but you know, he can't be the number one guy, right. Without some other, other guys. And, uh, and so, you so, um, I mean, Kelsey to some degree is like that in Kansas City, but, you know, they've had a few other guys, Tyreek and some other guys. But, uh, this year, they're this year, quite frankly, they're kind of going through the same thing, right? I mean, it's just an aging Kelsey and a bunch of guys that aren't developing. And so, um, yeah. you know, look where they are. So I just feel like, you know, that's a very talented squad. And I feel like that's the one hole. So you had that. Uh, and um, obviously, uh, uh, you know, so this year, this seems like it's all coming together. Hopefully, the Rams can continue their winning streak. Um, and uh, you guys are obviously looking for uh to to start this last five games. I mean, this is kind of a if on paper, let me ask you this. I mean, kind of on paper, this seems like the warm up game for the last four of the season. Because I mean, correct me if I'm. Don't you have cle? I'm not looking at it, but Is Cleveland's in there, Pittsburgh's in there. You got San Francisco, I think, and Seattle, or is that – or am I missing – maybe I'm missing one of them.
4: You're talking about the Ravens' last five games? Yeah. Um, A little bit backwards. So, like, they just played – they played Seattle a month ago, got that win. They've they've already played Cleveland twice, split that, so they don't play anymore. But, no, you you have the Rams. The outlook here is Jacksonville next Sunday night, which is interesting because of – not only the playoff implications, but the health of the team after what they went through on Monday night in the Bengals. It was kind of like a win-win for the Ravens. If the Jacksonville would have won, they would have been a divisional opponent, and then the Bengals ended up winning a crazy Monday night matchup. So it was like – and then with the injuries at Jacksonville, doors open there, um, the Ravens play Jacksonville, and then they play um, Christmas night. They got to go to uh, out, uh, out your way, but in San Fran, and uh, they got to play the Niners. Um, which is going to be a great game on the holiday. And then um, they play the dolphins, which is going to be AFC number one supremacy at that point. Then they end at home against the Steelers. So um, the Ravens have their work cut out for them um, as it stands within the, and I, I can see where you're dismissing the Rams in general, but as far as playoff contenders outside of the Rams, the Ravens uh, ref, ref, four remaining games are with playoff teams right now. So um, and three out of the five are at home, which is always good. And, uh, it's going to be interesting because this home game, obviously you're taking the Rams out of SoFi, out of, out of California, Southern California, and you're, you're putting them in an environment in Baltimore early game East coast. And not only that, but apparently a forecast is supposed to be windy and rain. So um, it's going to be one of those, it's going to be one of those days for sure.
3: Yeah. So maybe that, maybe uh, from the Rams perspective, the, the, uh, the, uh, you guys can overlook the Rams looking forward to Jacksonville, who you're fighting for home field with San Francisco, you know, yeah. considered the best team in the league and somebody you might actually meet up with in the, in the Super Bowl. Uh Miami going through them. They're right up there in, in terms of uh, top teams in the AFC and then Pittsburgh to, as a get back game um, for that, that lost opportunity. Uh, yeah. I don't know, man. Not a lot of trap games off of a, off of a buy, but uh, no. But no, we'll, we'll see. The Ravens uh, so. been
4: successful under Harbaugh's regime after a bye week, but you know you always feel like rest versus rust, man. I mean, the, the team's got to get a break at some point, and I felt like it came at the right opportunity in the season for yeah. the Ravens. Historically, the Ravens haven't really had a late bye week like that. Um, it's pretty interesting to see in week thirteen to fourteen, and buys are still happening in the NFL, which is which is insane. I mean, you have like yeah, they used to. End those on and you're done and if you're a bye week team yeah. that is out of the playoff race for certain. It's kind of like you get a bye week, and then in a month you're off. So I just it's just I don't know. Hey, I don't make the the rules of the schedule, but I just found it. I thought bye weeks usually are done by like weeks 10 11 maybe. Yeah. I, but, think
3: yep, yep. I think they were. I think they changed it this year to keep a more inventory uh, available yeah. um, and just spread it out. So but it worked out. Uh, worked yeah, out. I guess we mm-hmm. yeah, have things never been more, po- the game's never been more popular. So um, yeah, let's just uh, hope everybody stays healthy because that's the key. We're seeing too many great players go down, uh, especially at the quarterback position. And uh, it's fun to see some of these guys step up at the quarterback position, but it's pretty nasty to try and watch a football game when, Somebody uh, under center doesn't know how to play the position. It's pretty, pretty rough uh, Rough going. It's really bad when both quarterbacks can't play. So that's really oh, rough. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's really rough. So Health hey, hey, support on both sides. Uh, do you want to do a uh, score prediction? Let's do it. Yeah. What do you got? I'm
4: going to stick with my guns here, what I've already predicted. I don't want to stray away from that and put two or three or four predictions out there. So I'm going to sh- keep it straight up. I'm going to take the Ravens in a one possession game, 27 to 21.
3: Gotcha. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to give, I'm going to go a little bit. I'm going to say both of the offenses cook. Ooh. And um, I think the Ravens are going to, uh, um, I think the Ravens are going to eke it out at the end. It's just, it's too much to overcome. I really think most Rams fans would agree of all the games this year, you know, two, two, to Baltimore, you know, top one, two, three team in the, in the AFC with that record, with Lamar's record and coming off of a bye, it's just going to be, it just might be too much to overcome, but I'm going to say, I'll give the Ravens, uh, a 31 to 27 edge. So I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I like it. And, uh, I do think they're both of these offenses are cooking. Yeah. And, um, I don't think
4: you know, be a factor. I think they're both going to cook too. It's kind of why. Yeah. I was like. Well they're both going to score at least 20 points. Um yeah, I, I don't see this being one of those slugfest 17-13 kind of games. I I think I think there's going to be plays made on both sides of the ball. for sure. Yeah.
3: Yeah, good stuff. We're well, looking forward to a good game regardless again. If everybody can stay healthy, that's a, a big yeah. win for everybody and Hey, it was great uh talking to you, Josh. So, thanks so much for coming on our uh, show and and hopefully the fans enjoyed the the coverage of the Rams for your show and um we'll look forward to a great game on Sunday.
4: Yeah, Tom, thank you for having me. And uh, I did want to get out of here real quick by about plugging our socials as well. Um, obviously, we alluded to our Twitter handle, AJ underscore uh, Murr on the X or Twitters, you can call it. Um, we're found on Facebook. The call uh, is on Facebook as uh, facebook.com slash the call podcast. You can also find us on Discord at discord.gg slash the call podcast. And uh, you can also hit up my co-host. I don't do this thing alone. Uh, My co-host is out there on the X platform at Brando cash. Uh, So you can certainly uh, hit us up. And uh, if you're one of those uh, fans to talk football Ravens in general, um, love to have you. Uh, But again, you know, Tom, thank you for the time. Look forward to a great matchup on Sunday and uh, best of luck to you the rest of the way. Thanks, Josh.
1: Well, it's episode 312. We are going to, quickly talk about a Ram who wore number 12, and that Ram is James Harris, Shaq Harris, as he sometimes went by, out of Grambling State University, MVP of the 1967 Orange Blossom Classic. You thought I was going to say Orange Bowl, didn't you? Drafted by the Buffalo Bills in the eighth round of the 69 draft, same rookie class as O.J. Simpson, became the first black quarterback to start a season in a pro football game and the second black player to start at any position in the modern era. So what happened with his short career with the Bills? Opening day had a poor outing and was replaced by Jack Kemp, who was in his final season there, the father of the quarterback that would give way on the Rams to Dieter Brock, who we talked about in episode 305. Didn't start again that year. No starts in 70. Two starts in 1971 and was released by the Bills and signed by the Rams in 1972. And this leads us into one of the greatest quarterback controversies in the history of the Los Angeles Rams. In 1973, the starter was John Hadle. Rams went 12-2. And then in 1974, Week 6, Coach Chuck Knox went to James Harris. He threw for three TDs and ran for another. The Rams beat the 49ers 37-14. to 14. He had a perfect passer rating in that game. Two days later, Hadle is traded to the Packers, and Harris became the starter for the remainder of the 74 season. Led them to two straight NFC Western Division titles, so Harris became the first black quarterback to start and win an NFL playoff game. Rams lost the NFC Championship game to the Vikings that year. Led them to another division title in 1975, but he hurt his shoulder in a Week 13 win and Ron Jaworski, the Polish rifle, took over. Yeah, that's right. The Rams have had a Birmingham rifle, Dieter Brock, and a Polish rifle, Ron Jaworski. Harris gets the start in the NFC Championship game, though, but it didn't go well. Eventually pulled for Jaworski. Cowboys won 37-7. 1976, he had more injury issues, and this is where that quarterback controversy started, and it was a pretty big deal in Los Angeles. The Rams carried Harris, Jaworski, and rookie Pat Hayden. Harris was healthy for Game 2, led the team to two wins, including a 436-yard passing game against the Dolphins, but Hayden eventually became the starter, and the Rams stuck with him through the 1976 playoffs. The Rams lost that NFC title game to the Vikings, so Harris ended that year on the bench, but tied for the highest passer rating in the NFC, and after that year, he was traded to the Chargers. Harris did not have fond memories of his years of the Rams. In his book, Third and a Mile, he said he lost his passion, implied that Chuck Knox was supportive, but the owner, Carol Rosenblum, not so much. Eventually moved on to a front office career with the Ravens, the Jags, the Lions. He was actually the director of player personnel with the Ravens when they won a Super Bowl. His Ram career, 43 games, 41 starts, 33 TDs, over 5,000 yards passing, 14th on the all-time Rams passing chart right behind Tony Banks. So the deal on Harris is this. He was super talented, a really good athlete, a great arm But I felt like the Rams never went all in with him. Rams really got wrapped around the axle with this Harris-Hayden-Jaworski controversy. And it didn't play out well. I feel like if the Rams had just bought in entirely on Harris, it would have gone much better for Harris and the Rams. But it's a very successful period for the Rams as far as divisional titles go. Man, playoffs were another story. Very frustrating era for Ram fans. But that's my wrap on perhaps the most famous player to wear, number 12 for the Rams, quarterback James Harris.